Hello, welcome to another McLaren Fans Costcap podcast. And uh, uh, this week we've got quite a few things to get through, but joining me uh, on this podcast, we've got Mark Taylor. Hello, Mark. Evening, everyone. And uh, Andy Robinson. Hey, Andy. Uh, good morning, good lunchtime, good evening, whatever time you're listening to us. Or yeah. as Andy just said, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Or if it's uh, or any other sort of... Uh, place that you are in the evening uh, yeah let us know where you do listen from that would be quite interesting um uh unfortunately no sarah this evening she's uh um uh, busy uh for uh with uh, some family stuff so uh, it's just a slot tonight but uh, we've got quite a few things to get through on the um on the agenda this evening so let's crack on and get into it um Let's talk about the cost cap, shall we? So, I mean, it has been debated. It's gone right round. We even touched on it in the last podcast because, you know, it's quite a big topic. Um, I think back then, Red Bull was saying that absolutely no way have they breached the cost cap and that anyone that was saying that they had was a liar, a fool, they would be sued and taken to court and everything else. And um, yes, they breached the cost cap, haven't they? So, um, are we to believe what they say anymore? Personally, I think they've gotten away pretty lightly. I think that it could have been a lot worse for them. I think if it had been maybe the second year or the third year into the cost cap, maybe they would have gotten really hammered. Um, However, I'm a little bit kind of disappointed in them, not because they've breached the cost cap, but how they've handled it and how they've handled it since. Um, Very definitely they've kind of gone on the offensive, haven't they? Tried to spin the different... Yeah, so story. almost almost a bit of gaslighting, really, isn't it? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm sure everybody out there knows, but they've been fined seven million pounds uh, or, or euros or whatever it is, and they get ten percent less aero for for the next year, which obviously they're going to get aero reduced anyway because they were they've won the championship. Um. But there's a few things that kind of just stick in my sort of throat a little bit that I wouldn't mind kind of just going over. Um, So it appears when you read some of the actual detail and the bits and pieces, it's, it's kind of, you could see how they've had a bit of a procedural breach in this one or it's been misappropriated here and there. However, guys, we, we we a world of Formula One is based on precision, accuracy, and attention to detail. How can they get this wrong? How can they get it so wrong? I um, I heard some bits from <clears throat> McLaren, like early outdoors, where they Andreas was saying that they constantly checked and they constantly got their understanding clarified by the FIA. Yeah, and that as far as um, he was aware, that Red Bull hadn't. Yeah. It seems all the other teams have done the same. Um, uh, Otmar was on 
Sky at the weekend, and he basically said, oh, we've purposely gone a couple of million under it just in case we've left a buffer. And if that's the case, you know, surely the the person who's in charge of this is uh, Christian Horner. It kind of sits at his doorstep, doesn't it? Surely somebody should be asking him the questions from above at Red Bull and saying, what have you done? But on the other side of the coin, they've they've risked it. They've, they've gone to the casino and gone, what's the worst that happens? We lose a bit of money. Brilliant. We'll win a championship. Yeah. And if, if they have done it, knowing they've gone over and knowing that they will get some kind of light fine for a first year, it's a brave move. I, you know, once again, I'll go back to my point. Formula One is about precision and everything. Everything that happens is a calculated risk somewhere along the line. I'm, you know, I, I just don't buy into this narrative that they didn't know what they were doing. I just don't buy that at all. In, you know, or a rough managed to get it right. Yeah. You know, yeah. who would have thought if they can, then. Yeah, Red but if, you know, you maybe would have thought someone like you know Haas that had um, some very substantial sponsorship from abroad, let's just say, that disappeared very suddenly, might have been a team that might have breached it because of you know scenarios like that. Or yeah, I could have understood if say the last three races of last season, Checo binned the car every time and required a brand new chassis. You can kind of, those are mitigating circumstances. These, what they've come up with are not mitigating circumstances. These are bad practice, bad accounting, bad management. And quite frankly, you know, the, it, it, like you, like you say, and like, I, you know, I, I just don't believe they didn't know what they were doing. To some degree, I am. Um, I, I think it's a policy we should adopt, and we should overspend, and we'll see what happens. Like, if if you overspend by a million, there's a consensus that a million is like 0.1 of a second. Right? Yeah. On a lap time around Monaco, uh, t- 2021, when they overspent, Lando Norris qualified fifth. Uh, one minute ten six two zero. I'm reading this now. I don't know it's off the top of my head. Second place, Max Verstappen. One minute ten five seven six. So, not point not five less than not point not five of a second slower. He would have qualified second. Charles Leclerc binned it. We would have won the race. So if we'd overspent by that million and got that not point not five second of a lap time around Monaco, we'd have a win. Yeah, and we have won other races. Yeah, yeah, spend it. Yeah, yeah, and like I say, I I, I just don't buy into the narrative that you know. I, I think you know that obviously put out a letter, didn't mention Red Bull. Yeah, fair enough. You know, we're not daft. It's directed at Red Bull, but it applies to any other team that's out there. Um. You know, one of Andreas's comments did make me laugh. Where did um, somebody from Sky said, "Oh, did you hear what Christian had said about the cost cap?" And he went, oh, "I don't, I don't listen to fairy tales." <laughs> yeah, um, love it. But you know, the the other side of it is that 
it also smacks on the FIA side of, 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 of a bit of a shady deal going on here as well. We've got, obviously we know a few years ago, Ferrari got their wrists slapped and uh, had to remove something, turn the engines down, whatever, something, you know, uh, not, a, not a lot of people were party to. Um, but it seems that, you know, could you know, you can now negotiate what your fines and punishments are. And, you know, the fact that they had Adrian Newey in the meeting where they were discussing how much of a arrow should be removed from them is ridiculous. I don't know if it's true, but I heard on Sunday on Sky Sports coverage that Bernie Eccleston was involved in the negotiation of what penalty they received. Yeah, I had that as well. How has he been brought back in for that? I, I know. So the rationale was he's a friend of Horner's and he's um, a friend of, um, well, he's uh, he's got the insight. And I think his Dominicali is a friend of. So there's like mm. a middleman, but we don't need a middleman. Just give him the penalty. Yeah. And we all know how Bernie operates with his negotiation styles. They're not particularly. You know, they will certainly uh, be in favour of one or another sort of thing. Um, yeah, so, uh, it's, it's a win at all costs. I was going to say it's a win at all costs mentality from from Red Bull, and yeah, you know whether that is you know breaching the financial regularities. You know, if you think back to the days of multi twenty one and so forth. You know they they have, and I think I said last time we we were talking they they are the disruptors and they they do want to to win at all costs. But Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one was already controversial. This is an extra asterisk against Max's World Championship, and even this year's as well because of the all the development they were able to get on 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 last year's car. And this was a good chance for the FIA to 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 make a real statement and. And like you, you both said, they've they've just swept it under the carpet, and it stinks. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that they should have stripped Max of his championship. He drove the car, not very party to this. Probably, you know, he didn't sit there and do the accounts or anything else like that. I uh, I think his championship should stand, uh, just because it does now. If that makes sense, doesn't mean I agree with it. However. Um, I think they should have been stripped of their constructors' points and their prize money for that year and for this year. So I, I, the one problem with that is put them at the bottom of the constructors' table means they get all the wind tunnel time. Which is, yeah. <laughs> They'd have to be stripped and they'll only have the penalty of wind tunnel for being first. Yeah, well, even I, do that. I think in fairness, the FIA have, got, have now got a reputation for sort of you know, making up their punishments on the spot. So I don't think there's been any problem with stripping them of the wind tunnel time as well. Yeah, you know. But I I know I'm not against, I'm not for them stripping Max of the title either. I don't think that would be the right move for anyone. But how demonstrative would it have been if they'd said, do you know what, you broke the rules. There's clear evidence you broke the rules. We're taking that driver's title off of you. Mm-hmm. It would have put the fear of God into every single team after that. You'd be building two million buffer in just in case. Yeah, yeah. It would have been the ultimate reprimand. You lose your drivers and and constructors championships. Yeah, 
I mean, that would set a massive precedence, really, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, it would have been harsh. It would have been harsh, I think. Um, yeah, I think they've got away lightly. Um, you know, I, I think the pe- the people who've gained the most out of this, like in the in the current sort of thing, are Aston Martin because nobody's spoken about what they've done. <laughs> There's was procedural, though, wasn't it? There? there was one one procedural breach. Yeah. I, I mean, that could have been fired in it late. That could have been putting the wrong thing in the wrong column. Yeah. But you know that if if Red Bull had come under the cost cap, and Aston Martin had been the only one that had breached it, massive spotlight on them straight away, isn't there? And what's gone on there and everything else like that. So you know, they probably it's, think, phew. And they're probably spending a penny or two on the new building at Silverstone. I guess yeah. that's not in the cost cap though, the redevelopment of that building, because that's what Red Bull have done in Milton Keynes as well. They've just put factory after factory up on the same site. Yeah. I would assume there's ways and means of around that in some respects. You know. But don't forget their wind tunnels are relic of the Cold War, apparently. Oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I doubt the computer equipment and everything else that's in there is, though. True. Yeah. Adrian knew he could probably build a decent car from a Commodore 64, I'd imagine. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think that's you know, while you can't sort of mitigate against, you know, the talents of the people that you've got in the team, I don't think the wind tunnel thing is going to hurt them quite as much with the fact that they've got a genius like Adrian Newey in charge. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. But then I again, the... we won't really know until two years' time. Yeah. Well, and like Andy said before, I think if, if they've gone over this year as well, then they really need to throw the book at them this time next year or any other team, in fairness. Yeah. They, they should have learned a lesson this year. They really should. But also, so actually, Andy, you said a good thing right at the start. If they'd gone over because Prez was crashing at the end of every, or Max had crashed every race at the end and they had to rebuild a chassis mm-hmm. and they put a million pound extra on top of like repairs, um, one of the things holding Mick Schumacher back apparently is the cost of repairs to his car all the time. But um, imagine if we get to the point where now Max has won the championship, in order to make sure they don't go over the limit next time, they um, they can't race because they they can't afford to have a uh, a crash. They can't afford a new front wing. Yeah, that'd be. I don't know what that would do for the sport. Just having Red Bull just not race. But isn't that the where this five percent buffer should be used to make team to get teams to the track, not to give them performance advantages? You know, yeah, I can see, yeah. I can, I can, as a racing fan, I can wholly justify we've spent too much because we've had X, Y, and Z crashes. We can't afford to come to these races to to race. We need money. Therefore, we need to spend over what we've got. Or, you know, even let's take, for instance, let's say next year every team breaks the cost cap, right, by 4.99%. Let's just put it across the board there, right? But actually, you can equate that to the cost of um, freight, 
cost of living and all the other stuff that hasn't been budgeted into that sort of thing that went up during this year, then you can kind of go, right, okay, I can see why that 5% is there, why that's in that. Whereas this is kind of like, oh, we bought some more sandwiches or the catering wasn't quite right. And uh, that's just where it, that's just where it really sticks though the you know the excuses that were which is absolute nonsense that they came out with first yeah. you know like you said food sick pay things like that anyone running a business should know that those are the kind but of every other team had exactly the same things yeah they did so <clears throat> yeah and, and it's a total figure as well like how does he know that okay against <clears throat> their projected budget they might have gone over for food but Against the actual figure, it's a total figure. They went over. You can't just say it was it was this area, it was that area. It's a total figure. Yeah. You've gone over. It, it's black and white. You've gone over. You've gone over. Yeah. Spend less on sandwiches. Yeah. Or on budge, on cars. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that how it works? Right. Anything else to add to that before we move on to something else? I'm glad it's done. Like, it drew it. <laughs> Drew, it drew on and on and on and just not getting an answer and getting all the rumours just thankfully it's done and we have an answer if, if it could have been you know could have been like a penalty on the last lap to give Max Verstappen a championship within 30 seconds if we've drawn up the penalty why couldn't they get this done that quickly they've been brilliant <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I think I think dare I say it let's give some credit to, to all the other teams on in, in the paddock who have been you know, affected by this, who didn't go over the cost cap, and and they have not made a massive song and dance about it. The, the same particular Mercedes, who you know, probably behind closed doors, they'll be fuming, but it, but in public at the very least, Lewis has said he's he moved on from it a long time ago, and and Toto was quite guarded in his uh, in his reactions as well. Yeah, yeah, I think they've all been, um, you know, pretty pretty good with it. Um, Seems that most team principals have accepted it. Um, and I guess that that's that. But it's just it just leaves a bit of a smell, doesn't it? Another I think they've accepted it, but 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 quite honestly, what what have they got to gain, like Andy said before, about dragging it out even longer than it's been dragged out already? Yeah. Yeah, it's not gonna change anything. No, it's not. Yeah. Right. Um Let's talk a little bit more McLaren focus now. Um, given that it's a McLaren podcast, <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, two races to go. The battle with Alpine is hotting up. Uh, we currently stand on a hundred and forty-six points. They're on one hundred and fifty-three. Quick question: Can can we do it? Can we do it? This time last year, we were in a similar position with. Um, um, trying to get the, um, I think we were more than that behind. Was it a racing point a couple of years ago? We were we jumped in the last race. And we looked, we were about eighteen points behind them. Uh, with in two thousand and twenty-one yeah. on the third to last Grand Prix, which was Qatar Grand Prix, we were solidly in fourth. Uh, 40 points behind Ferrari 2020 maybe we're thinking yes yes uh, only 17 race season because it was short Bahrain was the third last race and 
We were loads of point ahead of Racing Point. Right. There was definitely one where it came down to the last race, wasn't there? Oh, down to the last race. Let's have a look. Um, we should have done this research first. I'm finding <laughs> it. Um, nah, not not 2021. We were we were clear then. So when we came third, it was, and we celebrated the third by ah, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's 2020 on the 17th race of the season. We were we won by seven points from racing point. Yeah, 202 to 195. Yeah. So it's it's pretty close battle again. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I think the Alpines are faster. But that's useless if your car engine blows up every race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm lucky. Did you see how passionate Alonso was when he uh, got out of the car? Yeah, he was man leaving the team. And to have his record of number of races being in for a car engine blow up, and him to be that angry, mm. I, I, I he's got years left, hasn't he? He's not going anywhere anytime soon. No, no. Um, I, I don't think he's a, can win a championship at this age. I think he's, but he is. You know, he's shown this year he's very competitive and can drive that car and can defend and can fight when it's, uh, you know. Yeah, would would you would you have him back in that form in McLaren? I would. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, angry Fernando, yeah, yeah. Whether he would have come back, whether McLaren would have had him back, who knows? But you know, certainly, I think. I think does, angry, does angry Fernando is is that better than ten second penalty down? Well, who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess you know we've made our choice for next year, young young driver lineup. But I think what we need to do is we need to give it our best for the next two races. We need double points. We need both drivers to finish in the points for the next two races, and then what will be will be. And if we do it, we do it. If we don't, we don't. I don't know. I just I kind of hope that Dan goes on a little run. And gets you know ninths or tenths. Lando gets six or sevenths, um, and we can kind of just chip away there. Um, but I think we've got to hope for a, a little bit of an Alpine sort of meltdown with some DNFs and stuff like that. And fingers crossed, none for us. A, a twenty nineteen Carlos Sainz McLaren drive would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but. You know, we're in there. There was a point where there was a bigger gap, but we've clawed a few few of them back. But, um, yeah, you know, actually, in in all honesty, um, you know, that Dan in Mexico was just what we needed. And I hope to see him in the next two races as well, like that. Yeah. he's He's got such a point to prove as well. He hasn't got a race seat for next year. He might not even have a testing seat for next year. Nothing's confirmed. Oh, it's yourself... interesting that Toto Wolf was wearing one of his hoodies the other day. Yeah, that was a nice touch. You put yourself in the shop window. You've got two races left. Be angry. So the move he made on Sinoda, which was very much 40-60, like not even in his favour. Yeah. I, 
we were watching it. I was so happy he even tried because he hasn't given up. He, he saw a gap. It might have been a bad gap and he shouldn't have gone for it, but he went for it. And I was happy he tried. Uh, he, he just, he, he could have sat behind and just lap after lap after lap. I can't get past. But he gave a, a bad gap a try and I, I, I instantly forgave him. I mean, it was his fault. No, no questions asked. It was his fault. And he probably deserved five, tens harsh. But I, we were, we were watching, I was so happy he tried. And then when he got through afterwards, I was, yeah, so, so damn happy for him. Yeah. yeah I think, we, you know, we all are. I think, you know, it's, it's probably his best race for us this year. I think I'd rather be in our position than Alpine's. If, if, they, if they've got, when I know, I know we're seven points behind, but if they've got engines blowing up at this stage of the season, you know, our engines have mostly been pretty good for, for, for the season so far. Yeah. Like Andy said, we've got, you know, one driver who's consistently in the top 10, another one who's really driving the hind legs off, off that car could because he's got a point to prove. I, 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 think, it, I think the odds are stacked in, in our favour personally, as opposed to Alpine's. But I guess we'll find out, you know, when we get it's to Abu Dhabi. Really good point you make about the engines. Mm. I, I don't know uh, where Alpine are on their engines. Uh, uh, they get, as long as they're going to have to take a 10-place group penalty next race. Possibly. Yeah, I can't I can't seem to remember them taking any grid penalties yet. Well, I think we've, we've taken one for both drivers, haven't we, for, for engines? Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see. Mm. Uh, unless they planned this was the end of life for that engine anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Think about think about the 10 second penalty for for Dan in this race. Probably is a bit harsh, but I but I think the mitigating circumstance was that he put Sonoda out of the race. You know, yeah. Sonoda could have carried on. Then yeah, but the seconds would have been better, but he but he did take him out of the yeah, but you've seen before where people have done that and they've only gotten five, ten. Well, we, ten's we, normally... We've already talked about inconsistencies with the FIA quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, but ten used, was normally the kind of like thing you'd you'd have for, you know, something really doing something really kind of well out of order. Mm-hmm. Like Andy says, you know, it was a sixty forty. He's gone for it. You know, if we think back to. Races like Austria, where you know, sort of, there's been battles on that corner where you know maybe Perez has been, somebody's been on the outside, Alba and Perez, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the other driver getting ten seconds? Then I think you were, I seem to remember it was five. So mm-hmm. it was. Like it was five. Yeah. Consistency, you know. Um, but I, you know, he did really well to get that. <clears throat> 10 seconds back. I mean, let's be honest, he was the only driver that really got the soft tyres working at the right time and took the chances at that. The the strategy worked out for him. Look, you know, we looked out with that. But, so you say lucked out, but uh, halfway through the race, Vettel stood on the softs from the start. Yeah. So clearly, this, and he was doing good lap times as well. So clearly the softs can go long. I don't know why only Ricardo did it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Everyone else I was, thought... Well, Mercedes was shitting themselves, so they went on the hard tyres. They might as well have been um, you know, um driving around with their you know tires made of ice because they were just useless. So yeah. 
There you go. That Danny coming through reminded me a bit of um, Charles Leclerc in F2. Yeah, Foy was obviously in F1. And then it was a, a race, I want to say it was Spain, but I can't remember. Where it was a sprint race, and he pitted late on, took, took new soft tyres on, and just overtook everyone, literally, in like five laps. It was incredible. And Danny was just having fun. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Let's just, let's hope he just has a bit of fun for the rest of the season and we get some points out of it. Um, speaking of that, we actually had a one two this weekend. We did. Oh, look at his look at his little face. He can't wait to talk about oh, this. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, we had the first and second fastest pit stops of the weekend. This makes me incredibly happy. Obviously, <laughs> and our, our fastest was what of the season, Andy? One point nine eight seconds, the fastest this season. Yeah. And let's hope we keep that. You know, yeah. that's a, it's 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 a it's a record to be proud of. Um it's you know, we've done consistently well since the beginning of the season on pit stops. Um I mean everybody kind of probably remembers me last year going on about how shocking our pit stops were. I think it's been a massive turnaround this year. I think if we'd had a better car, it would have made a huge difference to our sort of race sort of year. If we'd had a faster car and, you know, we're in a bit more competitive areas. Um, But it's great to see. Something else that we've ironed out, got right? I think it's brilliant. It's a team sport and there's no more team than when you have, is it 18 people we have on it? Three on each wheel, front and Mm. back, a couple of sides. Yeah, um, we have that many people changing those four tires. That's a proper example of the team. And okay, it's short, one point nine seconds short, but it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And to think that, like, we're <laughs> you know everybody was saying that we'd never get back under the two under the two second mark after they changed how they were going to be done, and there was going to be manual processes in there and everything. Yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, long may that continue. You know, I'm just going to caveat it with one thing, though. Every now and then, there is always one that will go wrong. It's just racing. There'll be one that's longer. There'll be one that, you know, I think Max had an 11-second pit stop last time and Red Bull are normally pretty fast. So these things do happen. But over the season, if you look at it, we're consistently fast for pit stops, and that's great. I think Mercedes are still trying to get Bottas's nut out of that wheel from Monaco. <laughs> yeah, longest pit stop ever. How many prime ministers have that pit stop lasted now? Uh, that, that's true, yeah. The pit stop lasted longer than, than uh, Liz Truss. I like that. Yeah. it's um, it, uh, The thing about the pit stops is it's such a very small period of time, but uh, the speed of getting Dan back out mattered. We got him back out in a space where he could actually go. If we'd, if we'd had a long pit stop then, it'd be in another car. If he stuck behind, take the shine off the tyres, it would have been really annoying at the very least. But he got out quite nicely. He got in with Lando and then Lando let him go. So it it mattered. It really did matter in that race. At 1.9 is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, we, and we know it's Andy's favourite favorite subject and, it, and, it, and it's nice when it works, but 
and I know we sort of take the mickey, he does go on about it quite a bit, but you're absolutely right. When it works and when it works properly in a race, it can make a difference. And this is just yeah. an example of that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, we kind of covered the next point on the agenda a little bit already. Um, but we put Paul out on the um, Twitter uh, the, uh, about a week ago about whether we should put Piastri in the car for the last three races. Obviously, when we put that out there, we didn't know what Dan was going to do this weekend. And also caveat that with, obviously, he's still an Alpine driver at the minute and they're not really going to let him go to rivals. But if that wasn't the case and we, you know, we still had three races left, would would you replace him? It was very close. Fifty two percent said no. Forty eight said yes. Bit of a, um, you know, very very kind of close. You, you, you know, maybe you'd vote on that again in a week's time. See, uh, see if it changes. Um, no, no real decision should be made on made on a fifty two forty eight vote. Should no, it? no, I'm pretty <laughs> sure no, no. Big decisions in the whole world would ever be made when something's that close, um, but I think uh, I think essentially, um, you know, I, I kind of would. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Piastri will do. His time will come. Um, would would it make would it have made any difference? I think if we'd been way off getting Alpine. And there was no chance of us doing that. Then I would have probably said, get the guy in the car and get him some practice and some experience. Say FP once, if we could. I know we can't because there's no chance. But put him in for as many FP ones as possible. Yeah, yeah. But you know, um, let's hope he's as good as what people think. Let's hope we get a good car next year. kind of go from there really I hope he's great uh, it's going to take some set, settling in time but um, maybe the plan is that we've got a couple of years with this setup. we know we aren't winning championships with this car get him in give him a couple of years experience then move on I'm always yeah. optimistic um, maybe the next car is going to be the championship winning car again who knows hopefully we've learned what we need to learn from this year's um yeah so a lot of us are looking forward to seeing how he's going because he might not have i know we talked about this before he probably wasn't everyone's first choice to get the seat no he no. was he was quite you know outside but given that he's won f2 mm-hmm. got to give him a bit of a chance but then you know i, I think we talked about it before so i'd stoffel a few others that we've had in there it doesn't mean anything when you get to F1. Um, <clears throat> what gives me a bit more hope is that we weren't the only team that were after him. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just Al- Alpine either. There was other teams trying to sign him. So, you know, we, we've kind of got in there fast in that respect. So let's see. Um, yeah, so, uh, well... That's pretty much all we've got time for this week. Unless you guys have got any last points quickly. I was just going to say, we know, Andy, your thing's pit stops. What's Mark's one thing? Sorry. 
No, I was, asked, I was wondering because Andy's thing is pissed off. So, didn't know if you had a, a thing that you were really passionate about on the on the car or team. Well, I mean, I, I, like I said, a, pit, pit stops is just something that Andy talks about, sort of whether they're good, bad, middle of the road, or whatever. So, you know, I think we're happy to talk about them when they're when they're excellent. We we talk about them when they're not so good, and we also talk about them when they're a bit middle of the road, and not a lot happens in the race. I, I think it's fair to say, certainly on Mexico, so far as the Mexican Grand Prix is concerned. Not a lot happened. I think they had plenty, yeah. plenty of memes going around with someone poking a stick saying, "Come on, do something." Yeah, and then Dan did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was. I was waiting for strategies to kick in and everything else like that. Yeah, it didn't quite live up to the sort of hype. Um, but you get that sometimes, don't you? You know, um, his especially when the championship seems to be won. It always seems to be. You know, a little bit of a damn squib the next few races, I guess. But you never know. Might get some crackers over the next two. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Go from there. Right. Well, uh, we've got to wrap up now. Um, thanks for joining us, Mark. Thank you. Uh, and, and then, of course, Andy as well. Cheers. And Always. We'll be back uh, in another couple of weeks for uh, another McLaren Fans podcast where we'll probably debate what's happened in the next few weeks, um, but probably have a bit of an overview of the McLaren season as well and uh, maybe looking towards next season as well a little bit. All right. Thanks for joining us and uh, thanks for listening out there and um, see you soon.